0: Welcome to the Great Loop Radio podcast brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. I'm excited for today's topic. We are going to talk a little bit about reluctant spouses or reluctant partners. It's something that we see pretty frequently on the Great Loop, especially at our events. And we've had some requests to cover that in a podcast. So I've had two of my favorite Looper ladies join me today, and we'll bring them in in just a second. First, I want to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates. Great Loop Yacht Sales, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, I'd like to welcome Jackie Bentley and Claudia Fuller joining me today. Thank you, ladies. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: It's wonderful to do this. Yeah, and I'm happy to see you both. For those of you who don't know these two ladies, um, Jackie and her husband, Solly, are our current True North Harbor Host of the Year award winners, and Claudia and her husband, Dave, are our current Ron and Eva Staub Volunteer of the Year award winners. So we've got some uh, great headliners here with us today, and um, after you've heard that from them, you will certainly understand why they've been recognized with these awards, because they're absolutely fabulous in uh, helping others to fulfill their great loop dreams. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the idea that sometimes one person in a couple is really gung-ho about doing the great loop, and sometimes one of them is not. So we'll be talking about some of those issues. But before we kind of jump into the Q&A, um, why don't we start with you, Jackie? Tell us a little bit about your looping experiences so far, because I know they're ongoing.
1: That is true. We uh, we started our loop November of 21, and finished August of 22, which was only a nine-month loop. And I must say, it was much too um, quick. Uh, we we went around way too quickly, but we're going to do it again. And we plan on leaving again in November of 23 to do a second loop. We travel on a Mainship 400. For us, that is the perfect boat. Uh, everybody has to find their own perfect boat and have different pluses and minuses and trade-offs. But for us, that's what worked. and. Um, I guess we got started on it because my husband was retiring and I told him he needed a plan. And um, his first plan was to sail across the Atlantic Ocean because he had done that before. And I was definitely the reluctant spouse on that. And I told him there was no way I could do that. And we came to a rendezvous and Kim, your first slide was high adventure, low risk. And I uh-huh. said, I could. That. Uh, I couldn't sign up for the Atlantic. So that's how our loop started um, back in 21.
0: Yeah and I know that the reason for it going a little faster than you'd hope the first time was one of your uh, children was getting married so that's a a good reason to rush home and we love that you decided there was enough that you missed that you're headed around again so we'll be excited to see you out there again. Um, Claudia I know you and Dave have done multiple loops and lots of cruising beyond that so kind of fill us in on those details. Okay
2: well um, we heard about the Great Loop several years before we look for a boat, but David was retiring, David is my husband, and he was retiring in 2015. So we worked with Curtis Stokes, and the boat buying process went uh, very smoothly and quickly. We closed on our boat at the end of March. David retired in May, and we were moved on our boat in mid-June. Of 2015, so it all mm-hmm. happened very quickly. Once we found a boat, and our boat is a 1981 Viking aft cabin cruiser. The aft uh, the sun deck that is above the aft cabin was very important to me because we lived we had a lake home and I had a huge porch, so that was the one thing I was looking for in a boat. And mm-hmm. as it ended, ended up our boat is perfect for us just like jackie says uh most people find the perfect boat for them
0: so yeah uh, well and something you mentioned there claudia is actually a great tip for somebody perhaps who is reluctant is is you know finding a boat that makes both people comfortable and and happy and feels like home so the porch there the sun deck um, was (laughs) something that worked for you on that so that's great to hear um claudia i also know um dave has kind of dubbed you the first class passenger aboard Stillwaters too um and that's because at least particularly in the beginning you were not necessarily kind of like all in that you were going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the boating portion of it so kind of tell us a little bit about that i know dave is joking because i know you do a whole lot on the boat but you know tell us about that kind of cruising style where you're the first class passenger
2: yes and uh um... I'll use his own words against him, he says it's <laughs> pleasure boating, you know, so mm-hmm. i I intend to be as much of a first class passenger as I can be. I enjoy the lifestyle, and I have learned so much because we had lake toys and watercraft for a lake, but we never owned a big boat, so we didn't know about locking, docking, you know the weather so much, you know, that, that you have to take all these things into consideration every day. Mm-hmm. And Every, every time you dock, every time you lock, even though you may be at the same dock, you may be going, th- you may have gone through that lock uh, once or twice before. It's always a different experience because it's different mm-hmm. weather. It's different water. And, and so, uh, he can come up with many, many things to do around the boat. And, you know, I'm not always willing to do that. So I I take my responsibilities that I have seriously, and I try to learn more every day, and I try to succeed at doing them. But I'm going to enjoy where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that's, that's why uh, I love being a first-class passenger. Yeah, (laughs) I own up to that well.
0: (laughs) But that's also like really honestly a great tip for someone who might be reluctant because you and Dave have made it work where, you know, you've kind of agreed that Claudia is going to do the parts that she's comfortable with and happy to learn about the rest. And I know that you know enough about the rest that if something were to happen to Dave on the water, you could manage that situation. And that's important. But you two have reached kind of a groove where what Claudia wants to and is comfortable doing is what she does and Dave does the rest. So if one one person in the couple is reluctant, that may be a way to kind of combat that as well. And the other thing interesting I love that Claudia mentioned is that when they started the loop, didn't have a whole lot of big boat experience and had never locked. And and now it's to the point where they um, have learned so much about this that Dave is actually presenting about locking through at our spring rendezvous next week. So it can be done even if you're kind of starting from zero. Um, let's bring you into this a little bit, Jackie. I think one of the things that makes sometimes makes one person reluctant um, is perhaps they don't have a lot of boating experience. So maybe they're kind of fearful about that and about the learning curve. And I know that you had some boating experience, but not like Sally haven't crossed oceans before. So what's your best advice to somebody who, um, you know, maybe the cause of their reluctancy, <laughs> if that's a word, um, is that they're a little bit fearful because they've really never done this kind of boating before what's what's a good tip for them to assuage those fears a little bit
1: well and and what claudia said you know so often what we are scared of is just the unknown Mm -hmm. i know even for me that was true in this yes we had had sailboat experience this was our first powerboat we've never owned a powerboat until now so we felt like there was so much to learn um, we're both engineers, and so learning the systems and stuff was not intimidating for either one of us, but I never fathomed that I would drive a 40-foot boat before and mm-hmm. and lock and dock, like Claudia said. Um, like I said, the unknown, and even it took me a couple of months into our first loop to say it's okay not to know the marina I'm going into, not to know the slip that i will be in um it's okay not to know but the more you do the more you learn and the more it becomes comfortable uh, so you you definitely have to jump in with an attitude of it's okay not to know but i can learn uh, we one of the greatest things that i think we did for a friend one time um, they already had their boat and but she was very uncomfortable with locks and the docking and even doing the lines on the boat. And so we invited Melinda on our boat just to go for a day trip. And we told her, husband, Keith, you can drive and meet us, you know, up up at uh, Gunnersville," And that was wonderful because we were able to show Melinda how we do things. Um, sometimes it's hard to learn from your spouse. And certainly I would recommend taking a Coast Guard boating safety class or something like that, or taking a course from a friend, like we did with Melinda. But that that has seemed to help her and it certainly has helped us in learning how to do things in that manner.
0: Yeah. And that that's that's a great idea. And the the thought that sometimes the best person to learn from is not your spouse. Um there are several training captains who can um come aboard and teach either or both of you um and some of them are couples who can come aboard and teach the couple from you know both perspectives so um definitely a way to get comfortable is to seek out that help where needed so that's a great idea Uh, I think another thing, and, and, you know, to clarify, it is not always the woman in the couple that is the reluctant spouse, although that does seem to be more frequent. Um, And I think for us women, it's a little bit more challenging to think of being away from family and friends for this long, um, particularly if there's grandchildren involved. And, And Jackie, obviously, you made that work by being home in time for that special event to be there for that wedding. Um, and I know you're hitting another child's graduation from her master's degree, um, right after the rendezvous. So it can be done, but I'm going to throw this one to you, Claudia, because, um, I know you and Dave have, I think it's seven grandchildren. Am I correct? Eight. Um, And I know that you're very involved with the kids and that Dave has even homeschooled some of the older ones. Um, How do you deal with that, being away from them when you're out there on the loop or doing other cruising?
2: Well, um, we're very fortunate that
0: as a family,
2: our daughter has seven of the grandchildren, and they would take family vacations and come to us wherever we were. And that's been some really special times and the kids loved to come to the boat and uh, they love to come as a family on vacation or or short weekends or long weekends rather. And they love to come individually so that they get to, you know, have their one-on-one time with us on the boat and they truly are treated like first-class passengers and so they love that. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, and so there is, of course, in this day and time, FaceTime, David writes a blog and does a travel map. So we keep in contact with them daily. We were fortunate that when we started our loop that they weren't real young. We had gone through. i had been there with them when they were babies and toddlers and, you know, very, very young and we had great times at the lake. But um, coming to the boat, they were older. So with them being older, they had their friends now. They had school. They had their activities. So even if we had sat around home waiting on them to get out of high school or whatever before we did the loop, they were too busy for us anyway. So <laughs> so it, it, it's worked out well because
0: of their
2: ages and the timing of our loop. Right.
0: Have Have either of you ever found you know a circumstance on the loop where you wanted to be home or somewhere else where there were family or friends for an event and and weren't able to make that happen? Because usually it's pretty easy to to park the boat and and go home for something. Did either of you do that during the loop? Well, I. think Oops, sorry. I should have directed it at one or the other. Uh, Jackie, why don't you go ahead and then we'll come back to Claudia.
1: Um, when we started in November, um, we decided it was too soon to go home for thanksgiving
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so that was one time and we actually had a couple of friends who um dear dear friends and their children are the same age as our children they weren't going to be home either and so we said well y'all come visit us and so they actually came to us um but otherwise we have tried to make it happen and and even just recently when we were uh, in panama city for the winter time i had a cousin become ill and um and I guess this is the thing I was going to say to follow up on Claudia, we made it an effort to go home specifically for that. And and we borrowed a car and and went home just literally for three days and came right back. So you can always leave the boat and go home if you need to in an emergency or something like that.
0: Right. And Claudia, you had something to add to that?
2: Uh, Yes. So one of the wild, wildest stories that I have, we were in Canada and, uh, our daughter and her family were adopting three ki- children. Now, we had already been home to meet them, get acquainted with them. But there was a time period before the adoption could be finalized. And we were in Canada, We very far from Texas. And <laughs> we had not planned to go to the adoption party. But, you know, there was that thing I really wanted to. So way up in Canada spur of the moment we were around Toronto we uh, got to rent a car and we drove all the way to Texas and so we didn't plan that but obviously it was important to us and uh, so wherever you are around the loop it's good to remember that the intercoastal waterway and you're not too far from shore so you're not It's not like, yeah, there are times on the rivers, you do feel like you're way out in the middle of nowhere, the sticks. But within a short period of time, you can get to where you need to be and do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, at most of our rendezvous, we do have a women's session. Sometimes it's a reluctant partner session um, or anyone is welcome this coming rendezvous, this coming week is a women's session. And these are two of the four ladies that will be hosting that panel to try and address some of these. And I've learned a lot over the years um, by attending those. One of the best things I heard a a lady offer as advice to others is that she was really reluctant because she was just so sure she was going to miss her grandchildren and her other family at home and her friends. And she was just not going to go. And her husband finally convinced her that, come along. Anytime you want, we will stop the boat. Either we'll both get off and go home for a visit, or you can get off and go home and you don't have to come back, but just try it. Just get out there. We'll stop. You, you give the word and we'll stop. When she said just knowing that was possible and having that freedom from him to decide when enough was enough, gave her um, the ability to just let go of that anxiety. And she never took that trip home, not even once. (laughs) Um, But she just needed to know that that was going to be okay if she did and and she let it all go and had the time of her life. So everybody's got something that's just going to make it comfortable for them to at least try. Um, Kim, Kim, I was going to add,
1: I was going to add the last four months of our loop, we did not go home for four months and because we were trying to get home. And I told Solly that, you know that was a little long for me mm-hmm. and that next time around every eight weeks or so we would just have it planned you know around eight weeks go see one of our kids or go home to see our siblings and um uh, just knowing that that we're thinking it's okay to get off the boat and go home makes it a lot easier
0: yeah absolutely let's go ahead and take a break there um I want to play a couple of messages from some of our sponsors. When we come back, I have, you know, kind of more things that tend to be some of those um, troublesome points for somebody who's reluctant and we'll get some tips from both of you on how they might deal with those. So we'll be back in a moment. An alternative to the high cost of brokerage and the hassle and risks of buy owner boat selling YachtX.com makes selling your boat easy, safe and produces better outcomes. Licensed and bonded. Yodex combines the comfort of professional advisors with the reach of multi-platform marketing and the convenience of web transaction management and escrow, so your experience is second to none. Best of all, with fees of just 1.5% or less, you save 85% or more in selling costs versus traditional brokerage. Ask them about their buyer representation rebates, Yadex Rewards referral program, and Looper discounts. Voters come first at Yodex.com. Our friends at Argo Navigation have created a free boating app that gives AGLCA boaters an easier way to plan their trip, navigate safely, and share information with fellow loopers. Argo has nautical chart coverage throughout North America, auto or manual routing, depths and tracks to avoid shallow water, trip details while en route, and a captain's log to save everything. You can also see other boaters, message them, and share experiences with in-app social features. Coming soon is a premium version with weather, wind, tides, offline charts, and more. Download the Argo Boating app on the App Store or Google Play. We're back on the Great Loop Radio podcast. My guests today are Jackie Bentley and Claudia Fuller. They are filling us in on some ideas. Perhaps if you are a reluctant spouse or a reluctant partner um, and your significant other is all gung-ho about the Great Loop and you're just having a little bit of trouble getting there, there's lots of reasons. Everybody's got you know, some reasons why that could be, but we're working through some of them today and giving some suggestions or advice on how you might try to get past that. Um, let's talk about the idea of, as you both said, you did this shortly after your husband's retired. Um, it's a different lifestyle as soon as you're retired. You're spending a whole lot more time with your spouse than you did before. And now you're looking at doing it in a pretty small space, most likely compared to where you lived For your dirt home um and that's really a big concern i've heard people you know even recently who have been um you know completed the loop and said our friends are surprised we're still married after we got on this boat together and we're gone for a year Um, but it is a real concern for some people so um were either of you concerned about that and just from being out there with so many other loopers have you seen others who have found a way to overcome that i'll let you go first on this one claudia
2: um I wasn't really concerned about it because mm-hmm. um, I had found my place on the boat. I had several places picked out that if I needed to, my own time, which I do, uh, I can go there and, and he can have his area, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned Curtis Stokes earlier uh, and uh, David recently went back to work and uh we we jokingly call it a sabbatical from retirement. Uh, <laughs> but, but so Curtis asked me, he said, oh, are you going to enjoy your DFDs? And I thought, what is a DFD? And my husband's name is David. It's David Free Days. So uh, <laughs> even on, uh, you know, yes, I enjoy my DFDs. <laughs> or my DF space, you know, a mm-hmm. David Free Space. And even if you're on a small boat and you don't have as much room as I do to get to have your own I have several places on the boat that are mine. You know? <laughs> and uh, but for Canada for instance, the locks, most every one of them, you're uh if you uh dock at the lock, tie up at the lock, rather, uh, there's a park there. They have swing, they have porch top swings, they have chairs all around the loop are wonderful parks and uh even if you come to a place and you can't get out and you know feel safe in a park or whatever, you know, leave him on the boat to do man chores and go <laughs> go go shopping, go get your hair done I mean there's many, many ways to get your own
1: space, which we all need. How about you, Jackie? Anything to add? Oh, that's definitely the same thing. Now, Solly, it doesn't bother him at all. But there are days that I need my space, and I will just mm-hmm. tell it. Uh, the last four years he was working, he he was working back in downtown Atlanta, and we lived two hours north in North Georgia. So we had a one-bedroom condo uh, in Atlanta. We laughingly said that prepared us to get ready for a, <laughs> a boat, was living in a one-bedroom condo together but i'm like claudia and and the communication is such important is such an important part because there were days that i would just say i need my space you go to the upper helm and i'm staying downstairs and we just had to have those days that we we had our space and that's okay but you do spend and i would highly encourage like claudia said when you when you dock get off the boat even if you don't have a problem being with that one person just the the small space can can close in on you so get off the boat and and just be
0: outside as much as possible agreed and um there's always great places to walk and things like that most of the time right. um and honestly we have found that there there's enough of a challenge in a lot of the days that you're kind of overcoming obstacles together, which I think is really a strengthening thing for a lot of relationships. And I've heard lots of loopers say that, that they really come back with a um, closer relationship with their spouse because they've achieved this thing that really is still a pretty unique adventure. And they've done it together. So, I, I you know, I think a lot of people do look forward to that. And we hear so many say it. Um we could probably go on with things like this for you know hours we try to keep this podcast to roughly 30 minutes sometimes we go a little bit over that um, but i do want to talk about um and we'll let you go first on this one jackie what are some of the most challenging things that you found to be challenging about looping and how did you overcome it
1: well um like i said my big fear it was the docking uh, never having you know these marinas where do I go what do I do what is it going to look like and I finally said well you know I've got a year of this I better get over that fear and so it was Mm -hmm. just accepting of that but one of the things that I try to do is the old boy scout motto of be prepared when we are going into dock I don't you know if someone says you're going to tie up on your port side I have my lines ready on the port side I also have them on the starboard side and I have fenders on both sides of my boat because you never, yes, that's the intent, but it might change. The current may be doing something. The winds may be doing something. You may get in there and someone may be in your slip and you have to go to a different slip. So I'm always prepared. Same thing with locking the boat. I have this wonderful um bollard loop that david fuller told my husband about (laughs) he made for me and i encourage everyone to make a bollard loop so when we go into the locks i have two i have one on each side of the boat i have fenders on both sides of the boat and um that helps me when uh of an
0: unfamiliar situation to be prepared
1: for anything no matter what
0: Right. right tell us a little bit if you would um jackie before we go to claudia about the bollard loop, because since this is, most people are listening to the audio only and we are recording video, but we don't have one to show you, but just describe it a little bit so people get an idea of what that is and how it helps. Okay,
1: Uh, Solly bought a five foot piece of clear hose and he put a line through the hose and tied it into a big circle. And then the rest of the line that he had, he put a a D shackle on that I can hook to the boat. So this long line has a big loop on the end I simply reach over and grab the bollard with this, make sure we're tight and then loop it off on the cleat. you know, tie it down on the cleat. And that's all I have to do when when uh, going into a lock. And it's just a very simple process. Uh, it gives it some firmness to the line so I'm not having to throw a line over the bollard and miss it. Um, it. I can do it one handed. The, the mm-hmm. clear hose is so stiff I can stand there in one hand and grab the baller. And so it just makes it so much more simple. Yes.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And um, Claudia, why don't you go ahead and tell us some of the challenges you've come across and, and how you overcame them?
2: Um, actually, in the beginning, my biggest challenge was myself. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was very unsure that I could succeed at all, the, all this voting terminology we mm-hmm. had a training captain for three days, and he and David got along wonderfully well. And they would be talking at night. I'd hear them. I'd go, oh, my gosh. They might as well be talking a foreign language. I do not know what, you know, I barely knew what a galley was, mm-hmm. you know, a kitchen, I didn't, you know. It's a kitchen. Just, call it a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, there, but there's terminology to boating that I I just didn't even know the terminology, and mm-hmm. so I was I was not a reluctant spouse in wanting to do the loop, but I was very unsure of if I would ever master the skills to handle what I should be handling on the boat, and I, I I've said this before. At other uh, times, but some of you listening, uh, especially ladies, uh, some of the fears that we have, um, you know, I don't want to sound unkind, but just do it. You know, that doesn't mean you should do it unsafe. There's a huge difference in being fearful and being unsafe. And at any time that you're afraid because you don't feel safe then you need to stop you know but there are gonna be and then regroup talk it out you know there's been times that i've started to do do something maybe a lot would be a good example and i just didn't feel safe and david had to quickly <laughs> readjust and come down and take that over for me because uh-huh. i didn't feel safe doing it but there's been times where it's something I was safe. I was just afraid to do it. It may have been new to me or the wind was too high or whatever, mm-hmm. but but I was safe doing it. And just, you know, that's what I mean when I say, if, if you're just afraid and you're safe to do it, just do it. You know, you're yeah. going to learn
1: by doing it. One of the well, things and- add on to Claudia's the communication. Claudia mentioned knowing the terminology know what the bow, the stern, the port and the starboard are. Learn those simple terms so you can communicate with your spouse or the the person there with you on the boat. Um, And we just had an incident here at home this last week. And afterwards I told Solid we were having to move this really, really, really heavy glass top. And um, we talked through it. I said, this, I don't feel comfortable here. This is why he came up with a solution. We talked it through. And I told him later, I said, had we not been on the boat, we would never, we we probably would have never learned to communicate as well as we have now. It has improved our communications tremendously. But knowing when and and marriage savers, Kim's wearing her headset right now. That's all a marriage saver is exactly. Oh, we see people docking and locking and they're screaming at each other. This allows you to scream softly. Nobody hears you but your person on the other end of your headphones. And it helps with your communication so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with both of you 100% on that. I'm all with you, Jackie, on like being prepared and having the information. And those are the stressful times is the locking, the docking. Um, I do my information gathering. Um, and and yes, it can change and you have to be ready for that. But if the marina, if I'm not comfortable with the layout or where's our slip, we'll Google on our way in for a um, slip layout for that marina or we'll do that and look on uh, Google maps to get an actual view of what it looks like. So we're both on the same page about, okay, this is where we're going and this is the plan knowing the Mm -hmm. plan could change locking. I'm always, you know, looking in waterway guide to see, you know, what kind of tie offs does this lock have? Is it a cable? Is it a pipe? you know, what am I going to have to do in this lock? And I found that out pretty quickly after a lock I felt completely unprepared for um, that kind of caught me by surprise. And we did fine but i was not fine Uh, and that's where i was fearful and like like claudia said like not that i felt unsafe but i just didn't know what was happening because i was completely unprepared for it and we kind of learned to do those things and it makes the whole process so much easier and also to claudia's point like i learned that if i just wait for michael to get the boat close to the wall and close (laughs) to the bollard it's gonna be a lot easier than me trying to stretch he's got full command of control of that boat and i was just trying to do it way beforehand in case he drifted away from the wall or went too fast or whatever it was if i just relax and wait for him to put the boat where Mm -hmm. it needs to be everything goes super smoothly so and it takes some time to get to that point i would say months for most people a couple months maybe i don't know if you two have a thought on that you know how long does it really take to find your groove on something like that either of you have a, a thought
1: nine months and I'm still trying to find my group. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> Every day is so
1: different. Um, even like Claudia said earlier, you're going into a lot that you've been through before, but the elements are different. So mm-hmm. you never, it's never always perfect. You always, you're always looking for your groove. but yeah, it took me a couple of months for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and this, this isn't my saying, but it's a pretty f- pretty common saying you know some days as you're locking or docking you're watching the show because somebody's having a really rough day and sometimes you are the show and you just you know if you remember that when you're the show it makes it a little easier to just laugh it off and it happens to everyone and no one looks at you any differently than that yeah no exactly um you know nobody is gonna be like oh they messed up coming into the dock because karma will get you on that one every time Um, so let's just, as we kind of wrap up, let's talk about some of the rewards that the two of you have found in looping. We'll let you go first this time, Claudia. What's, you know, what's been rewarding to you and David about this lifestyle?
2: Um, actually, it goes back to um, we're a team. And so having to, uh, we need each other <laughs> and, you know, cruising, working as a team, it's, uh, built our relationship mm-hmm. and uh, so so that that's invaluable um, friendships with other voters and people you meet along the way is wonderful uh, some of the um, unexpected encounters with people with events going on things that you couldn't plan and couldn't make happen But you got there, or even if you were anchored, happened. And um, I know one time we were anchored out, and I was actually on the bow of the boat reading, and I kept hearing something. And it was pretty new in our cruising, and um, it was a dolphin swimming around (laughs) the bow of the boat. And dolphins (laughs) are common in certain areas of the loop, but I never get tired of dolphins. So I always mm-hmm. get giddy. But just sitting there reading my bu- book, I couldn't have made that dolphin come around, and you know, felt like that was my pet dolphin for the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's just, uh, it's just. Even if you're not wanting to do the loop, you'll experience the scenery the people, the food, the shopping, you know, just relax and enjoy
1: where you're at. Yeah. A...
0: I love that, Claudia. Um, how about you, Jackie? What are some of the rewards that you've found from looping?
1: Well, I mentioned our communication skills. I mean, we were always a team. We always communicated well, but that has really been improved. Our relationship is stronger now than ever. Uh, For me personally, um, getting outside of my comfort zone and doing this, the sense of accomplishment has been amazing. Um, Talk about feeling great about yourself to have that kind of a sense of accomplishment. And I think for us, it was a healthier lifestyle. Uh, We were walking. You know, you're like I say, get off the boat. So we're walking a lot more, we're bicycling. People are all the time asking, how do we go to the grocery store? And we said, well, we both put on backpacks and jump on the bikes. And if it doesn't fit in a backpack, it doesn't get bought. But doing (laughs) those kinds of things that's been healthy for us. And I think particularly simplifying our life. Now, we could simplify a lot more if we would sell our home place and move on the boat full time. And not this, it feels like we have multiple homes we're keeping up. So that is not simple, but when we're home as we have been, um, the last couple of months since uh, mid-March again, we're like, wow, we can't wait to get back on the boat. It truly is very simple life. And uh, you don't need a lot of stuff to clutter up your surroundings or to clutter up your mind. And, um, one of the the best ways that I can say to go around the loop, and this is again another Dave Fuller saying, is you have 365 one day trips. You know, don't don't overthink it. Don't make it overcomplicated. Really try to think about doing this just simply one day at a time, and it that works for us.
0: Great advice from both of you. I think you've probably inspired a lot of reluctant spouses today to you know, work through what those issues might be that's got them reluctant and, and look for solutions to them. So thank you both so much for sharing. I'm looking forward to seeing you both in Norfolk next week. Absolutely, thank you. we do too. Thank thanks, you, ladies. Yep, thank you. And thanks to everyone who's listened today. We will be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio Podcast. Until then, safe cruising.